This is SideQuest Completed, the Hoppiest Game Dead podcast with your hosts Calvin and JC, coming to you every Wednesday with encouragement and advice on making your game a reality. Hello! 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 Hi! Hi. <laughs> There's a lot of hellos there. I got distracted at exactly the right slash wrong moment. <laughs> yeah, so here we are on side quest completed. Last little Monday night recording before it's too late. Thankfully a little bit cooler, so having the AC off isn't going to kill me with heat exhaustion. That's nice. Got my little sports drink over here. Got my little phone over here. I'm not sure why I'm describing my environment right now. But I mean because it's audio, and if you don't, then all the audience can imagine is that you're floating in a void somewhere, just without time or space, because you can't see. So, Basically, I would be a Janet of game dev podcasting, to oh, reference the good place. I would absolutely subscribe to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, it would be amazing. But we are also way off topic. All right, so actually, what is our topic today, Calvin? Our topic is game dev resources. Ooh. We're going to uh, share some of our favorite uh, go-to blogs, video series, uh, people, whatever um, whatever sources of um, news, information, re- uh, articles, tutorials, whatever uh, we deem interesting to share. Oh, very cool. Right, so, Calvin, uh, you want to get us started? Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we each picked a, a roughly three things to share. Maybe we can go back and forth. That sounds like a good uh, format. Perfect. All right, so um, I'm going to um, start with a, with a resource that I think is very fitting because it was my inspiration for uh, starting this podcast in the first place. Ooh. Um, and it is a unfortunately now defunct podcast, which is why oh. I wanted to kind of you know make my meager attempt at filling that void. Uh, that is the Lost Decade podcast. Mm. Um, they last I looked had done. <sighs> Over 200 episodes over the many years that they had run. They Dang. ended about a year ago. I think that they 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 got up to 248. They took a one year break, did one extra episode a year ago, um, and that's it. Uh, they ran for a long time. Uh, it's done by um, Jeff and Matt uh, with last names who aren't on the podcast, um, so I can't say them. <laughs> uh, they they were a pair who ran a small uh, HTML5 game shop. Whoa, uh, nice. Which is, was really cool back when they first started, which is why I, I found the podcast, because I was uh, in HTML5 gaming. Um, and they talked about a lot of wider range of, of things. They talked a lot about just like loving games. Uh, there was a real passion behind it. Um, and they just went for a long time discussing this. And everybody I found always um, knew of this. And it, you know, it, was a, it was a pretty um, big deal in a lot of circles. So um, I think they a lot of people owe them for their... Like um, their their passion and um, motivation early on, um, and it was sad to see them just kind of for the podcast to run its course, which you know that happens. Yeah. Um, but the backlog is still fantastic, and they have meticulous uh, notes for the show episodes. Oh, nice! Way better than I ever put together. <laughs> so you'll get, you'll get there. If you go through, you can really find you know like, like things that are interesting and, and relevant to what you need. Um, so I definitely, uh, and this time I will make sure there are good show notes, including links to all these. Um, I would recommend digging through there and checking out some of their episodes because um, I think that they, a lot of them hold up over time. Oh, awesome sauce. 
I honestly want to check it out myself. That would I, be great. I, yeah. I definitely um definitely suggest uh, thought so. Nice. Well, I uh, guess I think it's only appropriate then I should follow up with uh, two different podcast recommendations. They are both writing podcasts. The first one, Writing Excuses, which has been around for ages and ages. And it's the whole pitch is uh, we're 15 minutes long. I'm not that smart. And it's just a lot of really compact, actionable writing advice, which is someone, a visual novelist, is my bread and butter. They've got great representation in the series, great diversity of topics, um, great range of guest speakers on there. I highly recommend it for anyone who's in kind of writing, including video game writing. The second one I want to mention is Story Studio Podcast, formerly self-publishing podcast. It's three guys who run a whole business out of writing fiction and some nonfiction. And has a lot to say as there are folks who started off with very little in the way of a business, but once I started podcasting and made it into a point where they have employees of their own at this point, making all three of their incomes, their livelihoods off of their creative work. And it's a great resource for this inspiration in general. If you want to make money making games, if you want to ever work towards making a business out of doing creative work, great practical advice and this kind of stuff. I imagine there's a lot, in terms, especially in terms of marketing, self-promotion, whatnot, that game devs can learn from this podcast. Hmm. Both those sound uh, really interesting. I have never really... Um... I got a lot of wide range of podcasts that I pretend to follow and mostly uh, just build up a backlog, but um, no writing podcasts. That's kind of a um, an oversight in my list. I will check those out. <laughs> yeah, I recommend them. All right, so um, back to you, Calvin, on your next recommendation. Sure. So um, my next is a video series. Um, this is a not super new, but a relatively newer. Uh, game dev channel on YouTube um, that I've um, I've been following and have seen a lot of good praise from others. Uh, replacing a lot of um, older channels that have been uh, laxing in content lately, and that is the Ask Game Dev channel. Um, I don't they don't really have like particular names attached. It's just kind of this uh, group of they just describe themselves as industry veterans. Uh, they put together some well produced. Um, infographic-y um, topics, and um, they're, they're good, they're concise. Uh, definitely better for, like, earlier game dev um, hobbyists. Um, I definitely would see that they would not, uh, at least so far as the content they produce, extend to somebody with some more experience. Um, I still enjoy watching them just because um, I like looking for resources to share, and yeah. it's, it's good for that. So that's, that's what I keep around for. Awesome sauce. Something really good resource. Another one I might have to check out myself. All right. Oh, next one on my list. There's actually two games, both visual novels. I see a theme here. The theme is sneaking in an extra thing into each one thing we were supposed to bring. Ah. Okay. That's not cheating if you don't get caught. Well, oh, you fudge. did. Oh, no. Okay. So, we'll see. It's uh, back to visual, two visual novels. Uh, we Know the Devil. By Abby B and uh, I forget her name. Is that actually? By Abby B and uh, Mia Schwartz, and then Analogia Hate Story, created by Christine Love. And of course, the support teams for both. They are two visual novels, relatively short, 
uh, very accessible. One fantasy, urban fantasy, the other one sci-fi, and the very direct inspirations for Anthotari. Uh, that game would not exist without having seen what those three uh, people did uh, for these games. I would not have imagined my game as a project would have been achievable without seeing what they managed to do in, on their scale, their budget, their time frame. So, that, that is really important to see some yeah. context of people with similar scope of resources uh, pulling off the things that you didn't think you could do. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah, that's the essential inspiration. And all I can say is I also like them for their own sake. They're very good games. Really very much enjoyed We Know Devil. Very much enjoyed Analog and its sequel, Hate Plus. And to recommend playing both um, all of those. Uh, both those are games yeah. I know of, but neither of one of the ones that I have played, and I need to. I really, yeah. I don't play enough visual novels, and I want to get into them more. Um, I play a lot of games that are quicker, a lot of times for time constraints, and I always feel like they're commitments to get into, kind of like picking up a book. Very fair. Um, I need to, I, I need to pick up some of them. I'd like to take my hand at um, at building one or two at some point, and I need to be familiar with the, like the common trends and, and mechanics that I would be you know trying to build on. So I need to dive in at some point. Yeah. There's an article about Wind the Devil that the writers wrote. I found very informative and useful when it came to writing Antitario as well. And there's probably other stuff online that Christine Love has written about Analog. She shares a lot of details about her process when she's making games. I've been it's been really exciting, for example, to follow her on Mastodon. Fediverse by her new JRPG. So, if, uh, if you want to share any of those, ar- either of those articles as well, to links in the show notes, we can uh, make sure to point to those specifically, make it easy for people to find. Sounds uh, like that'll go along well with the games themselves. Oh, definitely. All right. And that's all I have to say on those at the moment. I recommend playing those. And they're also very reasonably priced. So, there's that too. And you're supporting indie creators. So, there's that at three. And, uh, but Calvin, what do you have next? All right, uh, so now I'm going to include two things. If you can do it, I can do it. Uh, But there is a common thread for them. So the first is uh, also not like a a secret or niche thing, uh, but I think it's something that may be overlooked, which is the Gamma Sutra blogs, and I think they can get kind of a reputation for being um, random or look like just because anybody can can do them, or it's, it's like a combination of... Anybody can post, and a lot of times it's people from AAA, so it's not necessarily relevant all the time to indie people. Um, but the thing is, that's why it's good, that it is so random. Um, it's really hard to keep up with who's currently active and blogging about any particular topic. So aggregators uh, like Gamma Sutra Blogs, which is kind of what it works as, it's not actually an aggregation, but tends to be people reposting stuff from their own blogs so that if you follow it, you'll get a nice mix of content from whoever is currently actively writing in the game dev community. So it's a good thing to follow to, um, to find new people who you might want to go seek out their original blogs and, you know, follow more of their content. Um, it's a good way of finding things without constantly trying to figure out who are the current blogs to follow is, uh, maintaining that, um, RSS list is always kind of a hard thing being a blog reader. So I, I like those kind of resources, uh, to do the job for me. Yeah. It's a lot of sense. Um, the second thing is um, another way of keeping up with 
the game dev community, um, and which is also well known, but is uh, maybe overshadowed a bit these days from the huge flood of new resources. Uh, the Tixor's devlogs are still extremely active. Ooh. Um, they are a great place to see what um, just hundreds of other developers are working on at any particular time. Extremely motivational. Um, it can be really engaging to see projects mature over time. You can uh, they tend to keep one single thread for the entire lifetime of a project on this mm -hmm. forum. And so it's really cool. You can find something, see what it looks like today, and go back and see like updates from the last two years of every step along the way. It's really cool. Um, and also a good place to contribute, uh, both for a sort of sense of um, of commitment. You know, you, you post up there this game we're working on, and then you kind of feel the obligation to keep updating it. Um, and you find... Uh, cool upcoming games too. Like uh, there's a lot of games I have now that I found originally by following the devlogs on TigSource. Oh, nice! That definitely needs to be on my list of things to check out. Yeah, I love how much we're love how much we're just learning from each other in this sort of sharing experience. Yeah, screw the audience. I just want stuff for myself. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, anything more on that? Or I've got my last recommendations. All right. All right. What do you got? So these are pretty left field. They are two books. First one is Quiet, a book about introversion. I forget oh. the author's name, but we can, we'll have a link to the book in there. Uh, Susan Cain, was it? Let's see. Uh, yeah, Susan Cain. Is, it was an incredibly important book to me as an introvert in terms of coming to terms with myself, my how I work best, how I can focus best, how I can get things done, appreciating when and how much I need to have downtime. And as a game dev, it's incredibly important to understand these things. It can feel really frustrating to see yourself not get anything done. You have a busy work day or a busy social time. What, you might want to beat yourself out for being entirely unproductive because you are genuinely absolutely exhausted in ways you're not even realizing. And if you want to be productive, especially as a hobbyist game dev, limited time, you can make the most of that time. And the better you understand how you work, how to measure energy levels, how to manage your focus and whatnot, the better you'll actually do it at your work. Goodness knows, I would not have made nearly the kind of progress I did at Atari, especially the last few months, without understanding myself as an introvert. Hmm. That That's something I need to... To read about more, like it's definitely you know something I identify as, and um, not something I have like a concrete ideas of how to apply that better, rather than just using it as an excuse for the things I don't do well. Yeah, so that that sounds like something that would be really good to invest time in. Oh, very much so, because introversion, when you understand it, can be very much its own superpower. That's another topic idea. Cha on the list. Checking this list, making it twice. He's gonna know who's developing and not. That doesn't. Nope, let's cut that. No, I will not. <laughs> no! Uh, save your least for the holiday special. I was gonna say, yes. Ooh, another topic idea. Alright. And okay. my. Knocking them out of the park. Oh, yeah. Anyone know why I'm walking them, knocking them out of the park? Because I have another book called Impro by Keith Johnstone. Another read from many years ago. It's absolutely invaluable, especially speaking as an introvert, incidentally. It teaches you a lot about improvisation, both in terms of being up on stage, doing performance, improvisation in general, 
and life lessons from it. I recommend it's one of those books I recommend everyone read. And this whole part because we are basically improvising through entirety of life. To bring it back to game dev, so much of the work we do is, especially as a hobbyist game dev, is not planned out. It's something we're having to make up as we go along, especially in the context of visual novel, where I'm writing the prose and having to make things up, getting characters head quickly, go back and forth between characters very quickly. And if I want anything done in just, say, let's say half an hour of writing, I need to be able to improvise, avoid getting stuck when I run out of plan, game time, um, be able to think on my feet when it comes to code doesn't work, I need to do a new kind of feature. And this book has been very helpful in that space. It's really interesting. I never thought of that topic applying. I never thought of applying ideas of improv to other areas. It makes a lot of sense um, thinking about it. But it's not something that I would have come up with or, or thought of making connections to uh, without being prompted. Yeah. Um, do you want to maybe acknowledge the irony of the pair of books you suggested being one about introverts and one about doing improv? Yes. Well, it's acknowledging that one thing about uh, introversion it has nothing to do with your ability to be high energy more about your sustainability of the energy and a lot of people like really popular people who go up and speak on stage who identify strongly as introverts because often because they'll get on stage do a great performance for a while and then be absolutely dead afterward but they also know that yeah, it, yeah, yeah. i can definitely see that typically whenever i've done any talking at conferences i just leave right after yeah now i can stick around for a little bit too probably have genuine energy of wanting to talk to people. Um, it's the obligation of wanting to be there for the people who gave them the time to listen. But I can do it for only a limited amount of time before I just sort of start listening to one side. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also um, there's a big blurry area between introverts and anxiety that yeah. uh, sometimes it's hard to identify. And it's maybe one reason why we're learning more uh, about introversion itself would be a good way of learning where that boundary is so that you know which things are qualities to work with and which things are issues to work on. Yeah, those definitely overlap and probably some degree of causal arrow, arrows in both directions. And improvisation helps there too. As a throw, if you want to be even a ho- as a hobbyist game dev, you can get, talk about your games on stage in front of audiences, give talks to presentations, challenge yourself to do things and get stuff done in tight time frames by, for example, saying submitting a talk about a game jam before you even completed start of the game jam, never mind finished it. Which is a great way to make sure you actually finish the game jam. Talking about Amphitari. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, another one I recommend Impro. I'll have links to all the books in the notes. Yeah, we'll have links to um, all the resources that we both talked about in the notes, as well as some of the sort of um, related items that we talked about, like the articles from uh, Christine Love. So we'll make sure that everything is enumerated. Uh, because there's plenty for anyone listening to go and check out. Um, probably far more than any one person will. So, you know, uh, find things that you think you're going to post, uh, apply to you and, and, and dig in, because there's definitely a lot here uh, to chew through. Yeah, hopefully people will be back here in five years going through our archives and finding little gems they missed the first time around. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a nice uh, aspiration right there. Yep. All right. Uh, that can be one of our aspirations. Like, have these podcasts going for several years. Okay. How? The foot. There are things that are underneath my desk that sometimes I hit with my foot. They make me cry. Okay. Right, so you want to talk about what we've been uh, doing this last week? 
Sure. Um, so I think last podcast, I talked about how I uh, did do some improvements to my level editing ability in my in the current project, uh, Necromancer Escape. Um, editing level was really clunky. Um, it's a Unity-based project, and I tried to make editor, and I, I took this um, one pattern I've seen uh, a couple people do, which is um, building a level generator, sort of, which takes a ping file and maps the colors to of pixels to tiles in the map, and so it generates this tile-based map that I have uh, to that. And every room in, or every scene in the game, it can map different colors to different tiles, so that you can have you know, different areas with different things. Uh, and the tiles can even include like items on the tile or enemies um, uh, and different other factors. Uh, nice. But it wasn't very good at editing afterwards, and there were mm. some properties, uh, for example, of enemies that you need to configure that can't just be done with colors. So, for example, um, there's some enemies in one area where the group of enemies are all identified with a particular door because they all need to be defeated before the door unlocks. Um, and that's not something you can encode into the ping file, so it's something that you just um, configure in the Unity editor, but then it doesn't work very well if you try to regenerate the map because you uh... might override some things. So I had some bugs um, that happen when you try to regenerate it to update things but also maintain existing stuff. Um, and it also was slow, like you'd have to... Um, if, I, if you did any manual tweaking of the of the map, you have to regenerate the whole thing to get it to apply. Um, so the two things I fixed were the the bugs, so that when you update it, it maintains the existing items if they haven't changed, so you can make those tweaks safely. And also, if you update the type item or enemy on the tiles, it updates in the editor automatically instead of regenerating the whole thing. Uh, so it's much more swift to make the changes now. Nice. And the bugs are are gone so that I can do so safely and I can actually make my changes uh, without feeling like um, it's all going to break. And since I'm working on the new levels, which are the, the, the first level, the cave levels. I started at the beginning, which is why I'm now working on the first level. Or I started at the middle, which is why I'm working on the beginning now. Uh, now I can actually start approaching them because I was kind of worried, like, if I don't get the design of the level just right, I'm going to have to redo everything because my editor's all screwed up. Now I can just start iterating on it because I feel safe editing Sweet. it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking so forward boring. to uh, getting back into actual level building. Nice. Cool. That reminds me, another thing I've been working on for the job context is a museum exhibit and helping the actual artist with software for that. That's been fun. But to work with WX Python for the first time in probably over a decade to really rapidly prototype some High calibration software. It's pretty cool. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. That sounds like. Um, so this is something that people will use or interact with in a museum. Yep. That's cool. Oh yeah. Very sci-fi. I'd love to work on some kind of installation at, at one point. That would be. Um, that would be something to check off a bucket list. I think. Yeah. Very cool. All right, and uh, I guess we can jump. Uh, for, oh yeah, for me, my progress. Um, Game-wise, steady progress on Anthotari. It's not very exciting, just doing 300-plus words a day, but it's getting done, and this 300-plus words a day adds up really quickly. That's 2,100 words a week plus, and that's really adding up there. I just was just looking at the word count on Anthotari lately, and it's like close to, five, I think, 50K, if not more. Actually, let me see. I can actually do a really quick count. Uh, wrong directory. No, so the wrong directory. 
Yeah, something like 65,000 words. Ooh. Wow. Well, so it's, it's code in there as well, so it's not 65,000 words of prose. I can get a better number elsewhere, but still, probably 3,000 plus words of prose. Just, ooh. You know, I um, not mean to I'll, write I'll, a I'll ask a question, but I think it actually might warrant um, maybe a particular topic or at least related to a writing topic sometime, because I'd love to talk about um, what the writing approach and word count looks like compared to just a linear story versus an interactive one where you need to write all these branches the player may never even get to. And so, like, how does that affect how much actual writing needs to go into the final piece? That would be um, something oh, yeah. I'm interested to hear about. As would I. Because <laughs> 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 if I knew those answers, I'd probably be done with that tutorial right now. <laughs> okay, that's a good point, good point. Uh, <laughs> Maybe um, maybe it'd be interesting to find somebody who's um, done more of these and um, you know, interview somebody who has uh, you know that that experience and oh, yeah. you can learn from that and uh, and I can get some in insight into a type of game I don't know much about. Let me tell you, the next game project is going to be much smaller in scale. Oh, I say that every time. Yeah, I mean it. I'm gonna have numbers it's like no more than I don't know ten twenty thousand words of prose. So help me. Ah. But uh, like moving on then to uh, what y'all been playing, reading, etc. How about you, Calvin? What you been up to? Um, you know, honestly, I haven't been um, I haven't been doing a lot of extra stuff lately. Work's been busy, and I hadn't really had extra time. Um, I did pick up the second Earthsea book, but I haven't started Ooh. it yet, um, and I haven't really had time for playing anything for the last week. Oh, so, um, which makes me sad now that I realize it. So, it's okay, um, you've been getting stuff done. Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a busy week, and we had some extra stuff we did over the weekend. So eh, it happens. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, so I'll, I get to I'll make up for that then with my actually almost excessive reading. I've been on a very hard manga kick this last week or two. Just main picking up way too many books and mainlining it. I think it was just me realizing how many series I was really behind on. But I am finally caught up on Fire Force. It was very interesting. During that series so far, the world building has been really impressive and has been the distribution of it. I was you start off in the series thinking it's largely probably close to being thing to the world you knew and then make discoveries. They're dropped out in very interesting ways. So that's an interesting series. Uh, I've been reading some more of Laid Back Camp. That's a book about camping. It's adorable. Oh, I guess that. That's a, that's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, this is a very sweet manga. Not much happens beyond girls, high school girls going camping, and it gives you genuinely interesting, useful tips about camping, and makes me want to do more camping, which makes my girlfriend happy because she genuinely loves camping. So I'll keep doing that. Well, I just uh, just went camping a few weeks ago for Labor Day weekend. Nice, the first yes. time in a long time, actually. Yeah. So, which means I spent way too much money on camp supplies <laughs> and barely opened any of them once we got there. All right, we were ready. Scott Smato. All right, uh, I've been playing more Etrian Odyssey Five, which is a bit of a grind, but it's a nice distraction. And I got replaced finally the battery on my 3DS, which had. Not small, but bulge in the original. That's amazing. That thing did not fail. Battery did not blow up on me. So here's to helping have much longer battery lives. All right. 
I, I see the last game on your list in our show notes, and I, I want to say, before you mention it, how jealous I am that you've gotten to dig into this already, and I have not. Oh, yes. The have been talking about Untitled Goose Game. Oh, that goose. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was quite fun. I got to play it with my girlfriend. She had the fun, the cute little thing where if I got stuck on something, she would look it up on the phone next to me. We got to work it out together, doing puzzles, all of that, and just generally make light and fun of the whole endeavor. It was a very cute game. How I recommend playing it with other people so you can appreciate the silliness of what's going on and show off for them as you play. Uh, yeah, definitely a like small put together as a family, put together as a couple kind of game. That that was my plan, and we we haven't had any of that time because of, uh, we've been very busy last week, or it's always at least one of us busy. So yep. um, I knew like we wouldn't have time to dig into it, so I hadn't picked it up yet. But um, I think for this weekend, I'm probably going to pick it up on Switch and um, sit down together. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, make sure you find some time for it before you die, which sounds incredibly wow. morbid. This meant to be a segue to the last thing on my list. That is The Good Place. Ooh. Yes. The Good uh, Place Claire, is a good show. Yeah. Claire and I just finished this episode um, an hour ago. Of uh, season three? Yep. And cool. we are very excited for this last season coming up. It has been a... I found it just riotously funny. All so did through. you just recently get into it? Um, if you just like, finished the third season? We're like, like two weeks not even two weeks, I think we spent powering oh, through, wow. powering through yeah, it. We, we got into it in the first season, and um, oh, man, it is such a good show. Yeah. Um, I do think the second season got a little messy, um, and the third season picked up a bit. It kind of felt like um, once the whole jig was up, it was un- they can't seem not sure what solid direction to go in. There's a lot of random things. Yeah. Um, but I think now that they're I'm not going to make spoilers if anybody hadn't finished the second, se- the third season, but uh, I do think the fourth and final season is going to be really good. And just, I think that, yeah. every episode is really great, though. It's just chock full of delight. I think they're in a good place uh, to look up enough well. <laughs> it's great, and it's a you know it's a fantastic team of people behind that show. Clearly, um, I the fact that they're only doing four seasons, I think, is is right keeping it tight. Yeah. I also think it means that all the people who have made it such a great show are going to go on and do some awesome things afterwards. It's one of those. Yeah. There are, you can learn. You can start to over time identify the shows that you need to watch. What the people who make it do afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, they're already winning awards, which is impressive. Yeah, and I recommend everyone for it. Watch it for its own sake, and also the game devs to see good things to do in terms of pacing, humor. And how you don't necessarily need very down to earth human characters as still being incredibly funny. Yep. And I think that is it for me. So, uh, Gothen, any closing out the jury? Yeah, you thought about what you couldn't, you weren't able to read play much. You got that part out. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to get some. It's been in some time for, for games and reading over the next week, and I'll have some stuff to, to bring to the table next time. Sounds good. So how about our aspirations for next week? Um, yeah, now that I got those um, level editing bugs and features fixed and uh, implemented, I need to actually use them. So I'm going to start building out those cave levels that I put off to make these fixes. Um, if I don't, then I'll feel like I was only doing the fixes to put it off. 
So that's the motivation in and of itself. So I need to put together some uh, cave tile assets, um, at least a couple enemy assets, and start piecing together um, my paper sketched maps to uh, to build up, to build out those first levels, which I'm looking forward to. I haven't built any actual full levels um, since the first prototype, really, where I built the first uh, middle level that I started out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this marks like a big point of moving forward with the with the development, not just tweaking on the engine and extra features like the the cutscenes and the title screen. Like this is actually getting back into building game content um, after I start fleshing out from the prototype. So I'm really excited about that step. Oh, very cool! All right, for me, it's going to be the usual 300 words a day for Anthotari. Uh, I've now I see a couple more balls rolling again in terms of art for Avatar and another project. I might do a little bit more for a novel, novel project, in the sense that it is a novel, not a unique novel, which is though also a novel that is novel. But what? 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 Uh, I got lots too. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. More of this steady progress, plug away. Uh, hopefully, get closer to an ending for more of these routes. And who knows, I might actually have Amphitari done before the end of the year. Fingers crossed. I'll cross my fingers too. I'll look forward to it. Cool. All right, so thank you very much, Calvin. I'll see you around. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk. Thanks for listening to the SideQuest Completed Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find all our episodes and our RSS feed at sidequestcompleted.com. Subscribe today and don't miss an episode posted every Wednesday. Keep game devving and we'll see you next week.